0: got 90 minutes then our time is free on the music relic podcast with mark blue so pull up a chair and have a cold one or two have a seat in the shade you got it made that's
1: what we do because we talk about music we listen to. It could be something old, new, bar blue, because that's what we do. If you
0: got 90 minutes, then our time is free. On the Music Wheelers Podcast with Mark with heavy Good evening and welcome to episode six of Music Relish Podcast, a music discussion podcast, a veritable cacophony of cockamamie claptrap perpetuated by a pack of pusillanimous picks, freaks, the nattering nabobs of nihilistic narcissism, Lou Calicchio, Mark Smith, and Perry Dedovich. Tonight we're going to talk about some couple of one hit wonders, a Joe uh, Sturman and Mescalero's album, Global Agogo, and I want to talk about novelty songs. Yuck,
2: yuck, yuck. Yeah. Nice intro, sh- Lou. Nice intro. Right, nice you. little <laughs> country intro.
0: <laughs> thank you. So where do we begin? So, um, on, with, on well, where Mark's, do you got want to begin? T- Mark's got some tidbits as well. Mark's got a few snippets. He was talking about maybe uh bringing in talking about yeah, yeah,
3: a couple quick yeah. tidbits to start off the show. Okay, a uh, couple little things I just uh, ran across. Um, it seems that maybe I'm late with this one, but there is going to be a Grateful Dead biopic. Directed by Martin Scorsese. And it's in the planning yes. now. And What's Jerry... a biopic? Biopic. That's like the Doors it... movie.
0: <laughs> you got your eyes operated right on.
3: Yeah.
0: <laughs> I'm biopic.
3: So um, Jerry Garcia is going to be played by Jonah Hill. That could be actually very good. He's a good actor. Wow. Cool. And uh, Martin uh, Martin Scorsese and Jonah Hill are executive producers on it. Mm hmm. I'm sorry, producers. They're the two producers, but here's the key where I think it's going to be a good movie: Bob Weir, Bill Kreutzman, Phil Lesh, and Mickey Hart are executive producers. So, oh wow, okay. I hopefully okay, so between Morris says, yeah. yeah, yeah, Well, mm-hmm. sometimes approved isn't so good, but I think it'll just be. It won't be like the Queen movie where they play with the timeline and everything. Mm, right. So I kind of yeah. can't wait for that. You know, of course, you guys Ooh. know I'm a Deadhead, so yeah. You know. mm-hmm. So I have no oh, idea really, when it'll be out, but.
0: I heard a Grateful Dead song like that called Queen Sunrise. Movie. It sounded new. It sounded modern recording called Sunrise.
3: Roman woman singing.
0: It said Grateful Dead. It was on the radio. Just,
3: huh? I, I don't know all the songs. Weird. Anyway. Yeah. And very when? No, it's still in the planning. They're still working yeah. on it, which, you know, I mean, I'm excited, but it could be five years. But Martin's because he's getting older, so they got to do it. <laughs> mm. Yeah. And also the guys in the dead are getting older, so they got to get going on that. Um, like Perry, I agree with you. Queen movie. It's good that Queen had a movie come out about him, but two there's Disney bad, two, whitewashed. A, yeah. yeah. And the timeline was it. all screwed up. Uh, it's, it's worth seeing, but you know, yeah.
2: Yeah. and you heard about the one that Sasha Baron Cohen wanted to make, and then they, the band didn't want to let him do it or something.
3: It just wouldn't have made as much money. It probably would have been rated R and they were thinking, well,
2: for right, number I read, they really wanted to go into the more flamboyant side of, um, Freddie Mercury and the band yeah. and the, I don't know his estate or somebody did not want, you know, Sasha Baron Cohen to go that route.
3: I think they're just trying to market queen to younger kids and new generation. Across the board. And they yeah. figured putting out an R-rated yeah. movie wouldn't achieve that. It would have been more authentic. Sasha Baron Cohen would have done a great job in it. Maybe yeah. in the future we'll get that. We don't know, but for now, Hey, they're making money. Can't, you know, whatever it's, I'm, yeah, I'm happy for him.
0: I uh, seen the, Elvis, the Elvis biopic, either.
3: Me neither. I I hear yeah. good and bad. I hear people yeah, that love it. Mean, I hate it. The
2: new Elvis movie that's out now, that yeah. one. Oh yeah. that's someone playing Elvis, right? Yeah, that's a biopic. That's the one. It's in the yeah. theaters now.
0: Yeah.
3: Yeah. yeah so
0: well, is, isn't Tom Hanksen? Is he Colonel Parker? Colonel Tom, I Parker, think he is. Him? Yeah. Yep. He's yeah. The Colonel. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah.
3: Okay, second thing, little tidbit, just, uh, you know, along the music business stuff, Prince's estate has finally been settled. His estate valued at $156.4 was split between his three oldest siblings and a group called Primary Wave. Now, Perry, you touched on this. They're a private music publishing company, another one of these that buys, gets publishing rights, Mm -hmm. you know. This company... Made a deal with the three youngest siblings they decided to sell out so um, so you got the three oldest siblings and this publishing company, and the master tapes right after Prince died were removed from Paisley Park Studios by Commercia Bank and Trust that they were then the executives of Prince's estate but part of this settlement and this is actually good all the master tapes are going back to Paisley Park but just think of it this way. The estate settled, the three oldest siblings, and a music publishing company. We're gonna see a shitload of Prince CDs coming out. It's gonna be like when Jimi Hendrix died. We're gonna see a lot of stuff. Get ready for it. What, what, what is about Paisley his, children, Park- his children?
0: Doesn't Prince have children? I'm not sure.
2: What that is Paisley this- Park now? Is it a museum or something? Or is it still a recording
3: complex? I believe it's still a recording complex. Maybe it hasn't been rented out for recording, since the estate's been in flux, but that's another source of income. They'll probably rent it mm-hmm. out. Hell, oh, REM played, uh, recorded there. Sorry, Tom. Anyway, um,
0: yeah. They, they, uh, do you know what they recorded there? Was it an REM album or part of an REM album or was one of their collaborations? With, um, I um, REM? think it
3: was most of an album. Don't remember exactly which one, but they – Wow, okay. Yeah, yeah. A, a, very, a lot of bands have used Paisley Park. It's, it's a very good studio, world-renowned.
0: Being such so, an REM geek, I'm surprised that one went by me.
3: yeah. Oh, it's was probably during huh. the arena years. And, and, go ahead. No, I was wondering
2: if Paisley Park is, like, his estate. Like, you know, is this his house, or is it a whole thing, a whole complex?
3: I think it's a, he lived there, so it's probably oh, okay. an estate. Yeah. And I think kind of like 5150 with Eddie Van Halen, there's tons of tapes. And uh, I thought you were going to
2: say Bubble Hill was Eddie
0: Murphy. But, <laughs> Nah, don't go on. Don't go on the elevator.
3: <laughs> but as yeah, exactly. The haunted. But that's where his guy. event happened. I'm hoping that some stuff in the vaults is more musician oriented because he did like through all his albums. He had some great albums that he is a guitarist and just love to hear his stuff. You know, we might get some really guitar oriented stuff or jazz oriented stuff. Who knows? Mm-hmm. But well, it'll be how nice. How many albums you know.
2: did he put out? Do you know how many records he put out?
3: Not off the top of my head, but it was a good amount. He, he yeah. kept pumping it out, especially in the later years of his life. He made a deal with Target, oh. and it seems like twice a year, Target was putting out an exclusive. Mm-hmm. But, you know, he was overseeing it, so it was not bad. I bought them all. I liked them.
0: Didn't his first records come out in the late 70s? Hmm? Didn't his first records come out in the late 70s? Yeah, I think it was like 79 or 70. 78. 78, yeah. I mean, 78. yeah. Wow, so yep. that's, that's from...
3: It's a long 20 albums is,
0: is 20 albums unreasonable. 15? Yeah,
3: it's probably I would say 20, maybe.
2: Well, yeah. you know, he's a wealth of songs and whatever, whatever you want to call it. I mean, this guy is just pouring out of him.
3: Yeah. And it's not for everybody. You like them, or you don't like them. You know, so yeah, at
2: least it didn't take five years to make a record. Yeah, right? Right. that's really? right.
3: But he was in the later years. A lot of the stuff coming out was, uh, Older recordings, you know, he's mining the old stuff. Eh, He had thousands of songs recorded, so why not? You know, it's like, hey, I can go back and redo this stuff. Nothing wrong with that. People get mad about that. Nah, it's no problem. You put out a 45-minute album, you could have another 90 minutes of music. Save it for later, you know. So uh, that's that. And then something I read today on CNN just got to me. It's Uh-oh. titled This Summer Marks the Twilight of Classic Rock, which we kinda know what's happening, but Twilight. Yeah. Well, basically after a little clip where <laughs> Carlos Santana painted on stage, it kind of made a lot of people realize a lot of old rock and rollers out there. And it's not easy touring. Yeah. Yeah, so they yeah. put a little list of this. These are artists touring this summer and their ages. Carlos Mark, Santana.
0: Are, are, are these are these final tours that we know of? Or is <laughs> well, this that's pop, we don't, or don't know. Really. Lights <laughs> Out tour?
3: <laughs> yeah. Well, this is this puts it all on. So listen to this. Carlos Santana, 74, touring. Bob Dylan, he's 81. Paul McCartney.
0: He'll, he'll, he'll always tour, Bob Dylan. Yeah, and I wonder if he it. still smokes, too. <laughs> yeah.
3: Probably sounds like it. Paul McCartney, 80. Yeah. Brian Wilson, 80. Mick and Brian Keith. Brian Wilson's
2: 80? Wow. Yeah.
3: Mick and Keith, Rolling Stones, are both 78. Townsend is They're 70. They're the youngsters. Yeah. Mick and Keith were the youngsters. Yeah. Well, Townsend is a real youngster. He's 77, Daltrey, 78. They're touring. Daltrey shouldn't be singing anymore, in my opinion. Uh, mm-hmm. Eric Clapton, 77. Rod Stewart, 77. Elton John's the baby, 75. Roger Waters, <laughs> who I'm seeing in three weeks, 78. Ringo Starr, 81. Neil Diamond, mm-hmm. 81. Stevie Nicks, 74.
2: Well, this is definitely Neil Diamond's farewell tour. Because yeah. I understand. yeah. He has some medical issues that he can't, uh, huh. he won't be able to continue on. Uh, yeah. Touring
0: act. And he's and then, 81. Who t- 81. Who tours at 81? Ringo. Ringo and Neil Diamond are the oldest ones there.
3: Yep. Bonnie Raitt, 71. And then the last one that hurt me to watch was Genesis with Phil. Phil's 71. Yeah. He's the real baby, but. I don't know how much longer. So, what the article basically? You, you
0: can, I thought they were done. Jennifer. Yeah, they are. But they no, told no, they, they a farewell yeah, tour, and that's it. That's it. Yeah, but they I, I don't. Think, they'll probably never do that again.
2: No,
3: no.
2: Yeah. I mean, unless the money is just ridiculous.
3: Well, but what? CNN I, mean, I, I don't pointed, think he could do it. I don't think so either. I don't no, think he's I, in I would, very good. I, 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 don't I don't think so either. You know,
0: nobody would want to see that. I think that was. I think the way they did it was really cool. Yeah. Um, but even some of those shows were kind of like. You know, you felt great for him you felt yeah. yeah. Yep. Also
3: yep. it's not that it's gonna kill him. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. But um basically in over the next five years, we're gonna get a rash of our favorite artist deaths. And of course the article went down the road of this is the doom of classic rock. It's gone, no, rock's always gonna be around. There's a lot of younger players out there, but it's the stuff we grew up with. Yeah. And uh, it's disappearing, you know, and it's it's going to be like five years of a lot of, oh, no, every morning you're going to wake up and you're going to see something. I hate when that happens.
0: Well, you know, all that new music sucks. Oh. All that stuff sucks. <laughs> we had that in January of uh, 2016 or 15, where every time you every time you look at the news, there's another artist or musician going. You know, yeah. You know, but that's that's the, the great inevitable, you know. Yeah,
3: yeah. So all it's things, it's like, things, get ready for it. All things must pass. Exactly. exactly. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Okay, you I'm can done cheat
0: with death. the news. You can, is, cheat death. you can cheat death by going out for a pizza.
3: Really? Yeah, I'm gonna get pizza. Death
0: comes to your drug and you went for a pizza, you cheated.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I'm done, guys. Take it over. Take it away.
0: Where do you want to go, Lou? All right, how about my little uh my entertainment segment here? Because I effed up. We're we're gonna talk about an album next, but we're going to talk about an album next, but I, I didn't do the homework. I'm bad. But anyway, this is a category of songs. It's kind of, it's kind of crappy, kind of funny. There's some good stuff. Mm-hmm. here, Novelty song. It is a form of music, uh song that's gone on from uh, tin pan alley. It started, you know, late 19th, to early 20th centuries. Yep. Um, a lot of stuff. I mean, it covers a lot of spectrum from the thirties on up until kind of current day. Although it's not quite novelty like it used to be. Um, They're about gimmicks and humor and popular culture and and parody. Um, But I listened to some of them. Some I knew. um, Things I don't know if if you're listening and if this interests you, look some of these songs up because some are just kind of funny. Uh, Some are very socially um, unacceptable today, (laughs) actually. Um, I listened to one called Mr. Custer by Larry Verne, 1960. It's just like, you know, how Custer made a mistake. It it is terrible. I thought it was going to be more like semi-racist or something. It wasn't. It was just total camp bullshit. Um, but then there's this one I think we all might have heard the itsy bitsy teeny Weenie, yellow polka dot bikini, <laughs> right? And most of these are in the early '60s, so this is what made the Beatles happen. This paved the way for the Beatles amongst a lot of because things because
2: it was such crap, right? I mean, didn't you say one of the one of the uh, guy who became a Four Seasons write that song or something?
0: No, no, like the um, or something. I don't, I don't, no, he did um, short shorts, which is not a, that's oh, almost okay, not. Yeah, that's not too far yeah, off the yeah. mark either. Um, but this one just, I mean, it was just the music behind it. it was just, at least Short Shorts oh, had a yeah, greasy saxophone. It's cheese. It's cheese. You know, it's very cranked out. It bridges yep. the gap between Motown and, and the British Invasion. Mm-hmm. Uh, but suddenly, so remember um, Alley Oop? Actually, um, um, Itsy Bitsy Polka Dot was by Brian Hyland, 1960. Um, what, Alley Brian Oop? Hyland? Brian Hyland. He had another more. He had some famous.
2: hits in the, he had a hit in
0: the yeah. 70s, I think. Yeah. Maybe, maybe he did. I'm not I like forty-five Cliff Richard.
2: with Brian Hyland. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. But what a what a crappy song. Um, remember, this cat's name was Alley Oop. Oop, Oop Alley Oop. 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 Uh, that, yeah. that was the Hollywood Argyles from nineteen sixty. Uh, remember, they're coming to take me away. The yeah. yeah. <laughs> you, yes, yeah. And that's a very known one. Do you know who the artist was that did that? I don't. Napoleon the Fourteenth, and he had a, he had a bunch of this stuff. Now, can um, you answer me, yeah. me this
2: question? Do you happen yeah. to know that? I, like, I always heard that the flip side was the whole song backwards or something. Is that true? I don't know. I don't oh, know. Uh, you know. That song, I that know. song scared me
3: when I was a little kid. I heard it on Dr. Oh, Demento, definitely. and it's like, yeah. especially at the end, They're it's like fading out. Because, yeah.
2: <laughs> is, is that the one remember when you ran away? I begged yeah. you not to yeah. go.
3: Yeah.
0: Huh? <laughs> <laughs> Very disturbing. <laughs> Napoleon the 14th. Um, now this one is uh, now if, uh, of all the ones I looked at, I think the gr- the Grand yeah. Slam winner of all novelty songs is Ray Stevens. Um, Ahab ah- the Arab. This is Ahab the Arab, <laughs> Prince of the Burning Sands or whatever. It just, oh gosh! Uh, I mean, this is that that just would not pass muster today. And, and this then, is the
2: guy who wrote "Everything's Beautiful," which is a yes, nice he did. song. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah. So I give him credit for that. But um, yeah. Yep. Okay. Then there was um, "Stranded in the Jungle" by the Cadets from 1962. Remember. How meanwhile, back in the jungle. Oh, oh, that was covered
2: by the New York dolls. Yeah. Yes, it yeah. was. Yes, it was. It's yeah. two yeah. Songs.
0: Mark, you know this song? No. It's a it's an old classic. It's funny. It's two songs in one. It starts out with this, you know, this guy's strand in the jungle. It's got the, you know, the tom toms. Mm-hmm. It's got you know the headhunters or whatever. Oh, oh meanwhile, back in the yes. States. Then it goes into like a fifty cent. Yeah. So, two songs in one, I an mean, interesting song. I mean pretty cool architecture as far as song. Um, this one, everybody knows. This is the most well-known one. It's the Monster Mash by Bobby Boris Pickett from 1962. Yep. The, all these songs. This was like the, the era of novelty, you know? The Monster yeah. Mash. Oh. Yeah. Yep. Now, I've heard one called The Martian Hop by the, uh, the, the Randells in 60. That's a really uh, – my friend Steve mentioned that. He goes, listen to the Martian. Song. It's cheesy, but it's the kind of stuff Dr. Demento would play, but it's kind of cool. Um this one's more and this is more racist parody stuff by Pat Boone Speedy Gonzalez remember that one and Speedy Gonzalez yeah you it's know, just yeah it's, heard of it, it but it, I don't it's, it's buffoonery it's terrible terrible um they mentioned one of the websites I looked at uh, a boy named Sue by Johnny Cash would you would you call it think that was a novelty song
2: it was written it, by uh what's his name uh, Shell Shel Silverstein. Shel Silverstein so yeah he wrote a lot of novelty songs yeah, so, yeah. yep but,
0: I mean it's it's got a it's got a Johnny story to it but you know it, there's a little there, so yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, the worst one of all time is "My Ding-A-Ling by Chuck Berry, nineteen seventy-two. Yeah. That was his biggest hit, I think. Tragedy, tragedy. Seriously? Yeah, I think so. that I might have been his biggest biggest hit. It was cause... seventy-three too. So from fifty something to seventy-three, radios everywhere. Yeah. FM. And maybe he actually made some money from that one too. Yeah. <laughs> um, the Purple People Eater by Chev Woolley. That was a number one in Canada. These are actually these songs shed are hits. Wooly, shed Wooly, like a
2: country singer.
0: Something like that, yeah. Uh, I don't know yeah. what else he did. You know, some of these writers you can go back and look at, and you find they actually had some yeah, legit yeah. stuff. Like like Ray Stevens actually had some legit songs. Yep. Um, yep. A, a classic one, Surfing Bird by the Trashman, nineteen sixty three. I like that one. Uh, I did too. I think Joe Ramon covered that, didn't he? I don't know. Maybe. But what I movie think he was did? <laughs> what movie immortalized it?
2: Oh, I know. It was uh, Full Metal Jacket. Full Metal Jacket, yeah. Yep. You got girlfriend in Vietnam. Yep.
0: Yeah. Oh, boy, uh, this one you guys could relate to. It was "Leader of the Laundromat" by the Detergents, <laughs> nineteen sixty-five. You told me about this. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's pretty funny. That's total novelty. Yep. I've, I've heard it. It's it's well it's well produced. Um, you remember this one? "Hello, mother. Hello, father. Oh, I Here I am that. at Camp Granada." <laughs> Yeah, um, yep. yep. Al- Alan Sherman, 1963. That was an old yeah. uh, musical piece of musical theater that he added those weird lyrics to. It's about going, right. out, going away to camp. and Yeah, you know, and that song gets to the, your... the Catskills.
3: Yeah, yeah. You... I thought it was Louis Prima. That song is like Bird is the Word. It gets in your head and you can't get it out. Yeah. Yep.
0: Well, Lou's got the reverb. He can do all that. I like the <laughs> reverb. Um, this one, another Ray Stevens, The Streak. Well, I yes, they, they, they call him, him The Streak. streak. Yep. <laughs> Ethel, don't look, Ethel. Mark, do you ever hear that? No. Are you aware the, Are you aware of the streak uh, craze of the 19, yes. early 1970s? No, so they well, let me ask you
2: this. Do Is there a novelty channel on Sirius FM? I, I'm, I, I didn't look, but I'm going to look. There should be, and you
0: should host should it. Yeah, because I, I did, I did bubblegum last week, and some cool stuff popped up. You know what? Um, Put on Underground
3: uh, Garage. That would work out. <laughs>
0: Actually, a lot of the stuff has been played on the underground garage market. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, well, well we, streak... have to
2: do our, we have to do redo our bubblegum show too.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, the, the streak was a novelty song written by Ray Stevens about you know, yeah, streak streaking. Doesn't want his wife to look at it, but she looks, of course.
2: Because in the seventies, there was a streaking craze. Yeah, yeah. You know, at yep. a ball game, somebody would have ran naked right across the field or
0: something. My brother did it in California on the news. Oh yeah? Was, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Once they all, but yeah, yeah. Anyway. Um, per, this is, I think this is your favorite novelty song. I know what you're going to say. You, say it. You tell me. No, you, Ch-
2: chick-a-boom, by Daddy. chick-a-boom. <laughs> don't you just love it? Yeah, yeah. And, wait, and, and, and a, a chick in a black bikini. Like, <laughs> that boy that really wouldn't fly
0: today, right? No, no. not. We'll just call a, the a, a chick, you know? chick. If that chick don't want to know, forget her. Name the tune. The boys are back in town. Then, Lizzie. Third yep. one. What are they? You got fing, you right? you finger pistols for that one. Um <laughs> right. so, so, um uh, Chick-A-Boo, who, who, did, who did Chickaboo? did <laughs> Daddy Dewdrop. And what year did it come out?
2: Ah, uh, I don't know. Nineteen
0: seventy-one. Bingo! You got it. That, that was right, like Harley? that was
2: a complete guess. Yep. Chickaboo. Boom.
0: Uh, remember King Tut by I Steve Martin. Martin. Got that forty-five. Yeah. Okay. Who was the band that, that it was? Steve Martin and and Steve those. On there? Um, I just found this out tonight.
3: With Steve Cropper on it?
0: Um, I, I don't know if he... well, maybe not, because there were some, some of the backup band were members of a very famous 1970s band. It oh, has really? the distinction of being the first American band to play behind the Iron Curtain in Russia. Billy Joel? Nope. No, no. It's a band, an actual band that's not an individual. Um, they were more like a folk rock country. You know, they were like. Oh, the Coca. birds. No no no. no, 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 the nitty gritty dirt band, really. So it was really? Steve, Martin, Steve Martin and Toot Uncommons, Toot Uncommon. Thank them. Oh, Toot yeah, Uncommon. yeah, so <laughs> but can tell it was a great song, you know. They're selling you. <laughs> um, Disco Duck, <laughs> uh, by Rick Dees and his cast of idiots, yes. <laughs> a little late, but better late than never, right? Yeah, better late than never. It's Rick Dees and his cast of idiots, and I'll go with that. How about you? Um, that was just 1976, utter trash. This is garbage. Uh, you know, we, we can Rick knock D's the guy, shit out I of just,
2: that. I wanted to punch him. I, I for some reason, It just. Uh... <laughs> he had a face that liked to hit,
0: you know. Um. Yeah, that was crap. Um, how about this one? Convoy by C. W. McCall. The whole CB craze. Uh, we got yeah, ourselves yeah. a yeah. convoy. Yeah, and there was, and there was one, one line night. in there where it was like almost a little like we got a trucking convoy. Okay, Oh, to be like, oh
3: there was kind of like BJ in the band. Mm-hmm. In mm-hmm.
0: Okay, um, we got a couple more here. Anyway, um, "Spiders and Snakes" by Jim Stafford. Great song, I don't Jim Stafford. Like yeah. It was a good song. Um, Mark is kind of a country. That ain't pop what name. it takes to love me, you fool. Like I wanna be loved, that yep. that um Yep, he had, he had a. Uh, Midsummer's a variety series TV replacement in the 70s. his own show. He, yeah, ben. he did. He was yeah. a summer replacement. Yep. Summer replacement, yeah. That was a number three hit in the United States. That was a big hit. Um, yeah. His, his first yeah. album had four hits. Um, girl Named Bill. Is that our novelty song? No, She's My Girl Bill. She's <laughs> My Girl Bill. Anyway, but uh, that was covered by David Bellamy of the Bellamy Brothers. So, wow. the Bellamy Brothers, what is their big hit? Amongst the several.
1: Let
2: your
0: love flow. Yep, like a, that's a great song. It is a great song. Love the guitar playing on that. Uh, love like the guitar playing uh, on that song. Yeah. Here's the reason. Now, 1980s and beyond, as we are winding down the novelty hey, part. Hey, Lou, Lou, mm-hmm. you yes. missed
3: one in the 70s, but I'm going to wait for you to Tons. finish.
0: Okay, no, throw it in, Mark. Okay, I'm, I'm, I'm sure there's. Okay. Um,
3: well, I don't you, you want to. Yeah,
0: well, I'm, I'm moving on to the 80s, so we'll uh, watch you throw
3: it in. we're on another decade. Okay. Short people. Wouldn't you consider yeah, that a novelty I, I, song? I, I,
0: I, I thought about it. I thought about it, but it's more of a social commentary, under the good guise point. of a novelty song.
3: Good point. You mm-hmm.
0: know, good point. Yeah, it's like I don't want to know short people. Like it's like Club NIMBY. I'm just thinking in
3: the context of if it right came yeah. out today, it would be a problem, and that song would be a problem today if it came
0: I, out. More, yeah, I, I think it was taken as a novelty song because the meaning of it wasn't readily apparent. Um, yeah, you know, it looked like just you know someone's making fun of short people. You know. yeah, like getting like, like Steve Martin getting small. <laughs> Let's, Let's get small. Get Let's get um, so the eighties ever see Mel Brooks's Hitler rap. I don't know what's up with this. It's, it's Mel Brooks as Hitler rapping in a video, but it's called to be or not to be. And it's, just, it's weird. Oh, that it's was a, I mean, well, Mel Brooks, Mel I mean, Brooks. yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, he, you know, he did springtime for Hitler and the producers, but this was interesting. Um, anything by weird, is novelty. <laughs> I mean, he built a career on accordion and novelty. So I don't know if worth mentioning. Um, Remember Pac Man Fever, <laughs> like uh, Buck Buckner and Garcia. It's just they were like disco parody songs, it's, but they're that's true novelty cheese. But they were his. Ever see Rodney Dangerfield? He did an album called Rap Rodney in yeah, "Rapping Rodney" in Yeah, he's <laughs>
2: Rapping <laughs> Rodney. I he needs
0: to be in me. Um, a lot now and, and some side things I mentioned bands that were kind of novelty ish. you'll find yeah. this interesting. They might be giants. There's almost an element of parody. I mean, the, um, where the replacements by them is parody. That's, I mean, I don't yeah, know that's novelty. That's yeah. parody.
2: Well, but, no, that's also a jab in the gut because, you know, there was the, uh, somehow they ended up on the same build of the replacements, and the replacements really treated them like shit or, you know, whatever. So, uh, yeah.
0: Well, Also, I think, this, you know, there they might be Giants being like an early, almost geeky techno band as opposed to replacements. Yeah. From, you know, yeah they, yep. they were the body rock and rollers that bordered on yeah. self parody anyway. Um, but they're mentioned, uh, the, uh, you know, who the band cake is.
2: Yeah. Yeah, yeah I do. Yeah. They got
0: some good songs, but they, there's almost a certain, it's almost a like novelish. You know, I want a girl with a plastic raincoat. You know, it's like, yeah. like a, it's maybe the delivery is like that, but I think they're kind yeah. of entertaining. Actually. They do um, a great,
2: there's a, I have this, uh, excuse me. They have this, uh, tribute to bread and cake is one of the groups that, uh, really? does okay. a bread cover. Yep. Yeah. Cool.
0: Oh, I put R.M. Stand as an almost novelty song at this point. No. R- no. it's not <laughs> no a social way. commentary? No way. Well, there, I, I just, there's something, it was used in that Chris Elliott TV it's series. It's a pop song. It's Hold a, pop it is a pop, song. It, It's novel. Well, right? well, shiny, shiny Happy People? Yeah,
3: that would have to be a novelty song if you were going to put Stand. Yeah.
0: I just stand, Stand's more bubblegum, I think. Stand is, is kind of bubblegum, actually, but that's not a yeah. bad thing. Yep. Okay. No. Um. How about Who Let the Dogs Out? <laughs> All right, I'm, yeah. You know, Rolling Stone wrote that number three on one of their most annoying songs of all time. Apparently, it's just yeah. used ever in every sporting event, stuff like oh, that. Yeah, yep. is, that, yep. is that is that novelty? I just I remember hearing it at a, at a yeah. football game or a baseball game. Yeah, oh,
3: definitely yeah, I'm, sure, I'm
2: sure it's, you know the Georgia Bulldogs may probably have it. it you know, in it, halftime, it's or the equivalent whatever.
3: of the novelty songs of 60s, what they were to rock in the 70s, and yeah, yeah. 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 yeah.
0: Now I got one. Now my my, my one hit wonder, Tyson. That was all that had a novelty. Have you ever heard of a song
1: called
0: I'm a Nut? No. (laughs) It's by a country novelty song by uh, a guy named Larry Pullins. It's a one hit one. It was his only hit. Um, A lot of people think it was um, Jimmy Rogers. or Who did King of the Road?
3: Uh, Roger.
0: Roger Roger Miller. Roger Miller. Uh,
2: Miller. Oh, I'm glad you mentioned Roger Miller because he wrote a lot of those type of songs. He once wrote a song called If I Can't Be Your Number One, Then Number Two on You.
0: (laughs) Yeah.
3: So it's timing up by, what's the artist?
0: It's uh, Larry Pollins. i mm-hmm. bring it up here. Because sometimes you feel like a nut, sometimes you don't.
2: Come on, Larry. I remember a candy bar commercial with that.
0: <laughs> here we go. Right? I don't know if it's, yep. it's going to play or not. i a that-
1: Is it wetter underwater if you're there when it rains? Is it shorter to New York than it is my plane between myself and I? I wonder who's the governor. Is it hotter down south than it is in summer? Deep, deep, the deep, I like it. <laughs> hey, Who right? was
0: that? Um, it was Larry Pullen I think it hit number 18 on a country chart I and mean, it was it was a hit um, wow. it's, his, it's his only hit I don't it's it's been covered but um Roger Miller never did it's when you see on YouTube a lot of these versions are uh, misaddressed. Mm-hmm. actually Roger Miller because like you said it sounded kind of like him but um but I heard that There's this is things you hear on the radio um actually yeah. I heard several great one hit wonders potential ones so that that was one of my if that, if that was a hit it had to be his only <laughs> one but yeah. Larry, Larry Boom. Now, Larry Pullen. What he wanted? He went on to leave the business after that. Became a firefighter and died at the age of 44 of a heart attack. Oh, rest in peace. But the that the day the that rest in peace. I'm a nut. I'm a nut. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That was a total crap segment, wasn't it? I no. just heard some cotton oh, no. candy. That no, no, was twenty five minutes of, kind of it was candy. actually
2: kind of fun.
0: Yeah, kind you know fun, it. Yeah. It was all empty calories, man. It was L- like nothing. L- L- this is like the show <laughs> yeah. when
3: I first started listening. You guys, this is the kind of show I like. Because
0: you know? <laughs> you know, we didn't talk because we don't we don't talk anymore. We didn't prepare for the We mentioned the Mescalera CD. Or oh, that's that.
2: A, that's that. It's yeah. so funny. That was like that British like Cliff guy Richard, right, who Cliff was Richard. really big, Clarkson. Cliff Richard. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Now, he had, he, had, he had hits in the early 60s. Was he, one of the, was
3: he in the shadows? Yep. Richie. Yeah, it was Cliff
0: Richard and the shadows.
3: Yeah. yeah. And Richie Blackmore played for him at one point when he was. Yeah. No shit. Yeah. A lot of people played for Go, Cliff Richards.
2: Get out of here. Yeah. Famous. Uh, the shadows are a famous. Yeah. Piece, especially for the guitar player. I uh, can't think of his name. Henry Hank. Hank Marvin. Hank. Hank Marvin. Hank Marvin. Yeah. 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 With those the, echoey Fender. Uh, yep. Mm. They were kind of surfy, weren't they, for,
0: for English English lads?
2: Yeah, yeah, yep. yep. You can, yeah, well, you know, with a, a Fender guitar with a lot of reverb on it,
0: yep. Guys. I had tel- my Telecaster plugged in last night. I haven't played it in a couple months. Cool. I love that guitar. Listen. Yeah, I saw it over there uh, earlier. <laughs> it might be There's a the back yeah. Before we went
3: on, yep. I am. Um, I'm a bit bad, that I looked up while you were talking and typed up the Mel Brooks song. And just, you know, when you bring it up on YouTube, there's a picture <laughs> I'm just. Yeah, I got.
0: I got to shut it down. The pictures making me. It's right. it's t- it's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Lots I hate of Jewish, I
3: mean.
0: <laughs> God.
2: So, do you guys want to go into the Joe Strummer uh, and the Mescaleros "Global Agogo" record?
3: I think so because sure. Lou's going to hear what we have to say and is going to like. He's going to like listening to it.
2: Yeah. Well, let me just I give I him a little lead-in yeah. before. No, no, Lou, don't worry. I'll play a couple of songs and I was rude. You can. Rude. Go... You can... <laughs> How did you do Fonz, what would you say? <laughs> well, Joe, Joe Strummer's uh, real name was John Graham Mellor, M-E-L-L-O-R. And, um, he, you know, I don't have to, everyone knows that, you know, he had a band, the 101 Oneers. He, you know, he was, I don't have to, to, I mean, anybody who's listening to this knows Joe Strummer. But he, uh, 1999, he, uh. He started a band called the Mezcaleros. So it was they, pretty much his backing band, Joe Strummer and the Mezcaleros. And they were signed to a punk label in L.A. called Hellcat Records. Small, small label. Small label. So yeah. not unlike the Gene Clark and uh, and Dillard that we were talking about last week, you know, the Fantastic Expedition. I don't know what the sales were, but I'm sure they weren't
0: no. like the class used to get. It's considered a commercial failure under... 25,000 units or whatever. Yeah, I mean, you, know. you
2: know, I don't know. To me, they're they're great records. You know, some of the, you know, some of these, they're some of the best records that you can get are the ones that only made two records. Oh, or, yeah, of course. Yeah. You know, yeah. course. to me, it's like, it's like Faulty Towers, you know, with uh, John Cleese. There's 12 episodes. Yeah. But I'll watch those 12 episodes oh, yeah. over and over and over <laughs> again. They're just, there's just, I get John Cleese. Some people don't get them. I agree. But I get them. Great. So on this record, uh, Global Go-Go, Mark, you remember Sandinista by The Clash,
3: right? that's my personal favorite Clash album.
2: Yeah, and, you know, the fiddle player on there was a close friend of Joe Sturmer, Time and Dog, Mm -hmm. and he played on Lose the Skin. In fact, he sang, I believe he sang the song, and he's worked with The Clash. He's worked with Joe Sturmer in the past. He's the fiddle player on this record, Global Go-Go. Yeah. Okay. And also, there's two new box sets. There's box sets that are coming out. Uh, it's called Joe Strummer 001. And that was just Joe Strummer uh, material when he was with The Clash and things like that. And there's another one coming out called Joe Strummer 002. And this is, I guess, more stuff that he recorded with the Mezgaleros. Mm. So these are box sets coming out, and they're on Dark Horse
0: Records. Ooh. Is that is that George Harrison's old label? That's, that's George Harrison's label. Old, that label, yep. that, that label existed all throughout the years. It Still exists. Yeah, George Records. That. Yep.
2: Wow. I wonder, so I don't know if Danny Harrison has anything to do with it or uh, or no, anything like that. Were the
0: Mescaleros within existing band prior to him as the Mescaleros? No, they were. They were. He, he
2: named them forms. For the, for the so yeah, yep. Right. Okay. And in two thousand, they opened up for the
3: Who. Wow. Yeah, that's oh, a great cool. opening band. To have yep, yeah. Yeah. yeah,
2: and apparently I'll, I'm going to look for it. They were apparently they were on Dave Letterman or something like that, and mm. but their final show was November twenty second, two thousand two, in Liverpool. Their final show, and that was it. Liverpool. Now, their, is that your, you have your Liverpool jersey yes. on, so. But it kind of got overshadowed, their final show, because a week prior to that, November 15th, the Mezcaleros played and Mick Jones came on stage and guested with them. So that kind of, that was a big deal.
3: It was. They had some bad blood too, right?
2: For years, yeah. yeah, But so they, um, they, and they got, you know, they stayed apart and they, 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 come on, they're like brothers, you know. So, uh, and that kind of overshadowed it. So uh, Mick Jones, and they played, you know, three or four songs. They played White Riot and uh, songs like that. And the place went crazy, of course. But after their final show, they went right back to the studio to record their fourth album. And Mick Jones was writing songs with Joe Strummer again. Mm Mm-hmm. So, and, you know, uh, and uh, Mick Jones went, you know, when he uh, he was interviewed and he said, yeah, I'm going to, you know, I'm writing songs with Joe for the new Mescaleros album. Joe Strummer told uh Mick that this was going to be for a new Clash
0: album. They were going to get the Clash back together. Oh,
3: wow. Yeah. Yep. It would have happened. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yep. What, what year was the, that album put out? What we're talking about. 2001 when did
2: okay yeah
0: when did, you, when did Joe die was it 2002 or 2003?
2: well here's here's the thing. I was just getting to that so on november 22nd Oops. was their final show exactly one month later december 22nd he was walking his dogs and uh, and he died he had congenital heart defect yeah yeah mm. I thought he died At 50 years old so on his birthday was uh he was born on august 21st so on August twenty first, I believe the uh, the double oh two box set is coming out on Dark Horse Records on his birthday, wow. August twenty first. Yep, his, on his seventieth birthday, that would have been. Yeah, yeah. Wow. So, what do you think, Mark? You gave it a listen, right? Yeah. So
3: um, I know
2: you've you I know you've listened in the past,
3: but well, here's the deal. First of all, another little thing to add about Joe Strummer, the Clash was considered a punk band. I didn't really consider him punk. But, uh, you know, that was the punk scene. I always thought that he grew up, you know, he grew up in wherever, you know, uh, Brixton or whatever. Oh, hard luck. Mm -hmm. He actually had a sad upbringing, but his parents were in, uh, either diplomacy or something where he was sent to England and he went to boarding school. His parents were off in other countries working for Mm -hmm. the government and he only saw his parents. I think he was a
2: diplomat or something. Yeah. Yeah. So he
3: grew up a different, but that shaped his life because he didn't like his upbringing. So, uh, it's like very, a lot more serious than I thought. So, uh, I got their first album rock art and the X-ray style because there was a great music Mm -hmm. show on HBO back then. And they showed them and I said, this is great. And I bought it. Honestly, I feel stupid. I didn't know they put out two more albums. I just totally lost track of them. So I played this. It's so different than the first album. It's, it's I hate to say world music, but it does have shades of world music. It's a lot more acoustic. Mm -hmm. I love it. I think it's such a leap from the first album. It hit me right away.
2: You you mean this one, Global yeah, Logo? Yeah, the first album, it's Rock mature, Art. It's very mature.
3: And the thing is, and you wouldn't always associate this with a Joe Strummer album, the production is first rate. It's a lot of samples. Yeah. There's a lot of electronic stuff in there, but everything mm-hmm. is in its place. There's a couple producers on the album. Joe, one of them, and um, whoever was putting in the little samples or little noises at the right spot. If you listen to this mm-hmm. on, on headphones while you're walking or something, it just flows. No song. Only one song is yeah. three minutes. All the songs are five to six minutes, which means Joe lets them just run their course, yeah. which is really good. Well,
2: here's another thing. Also, every everyone in the band is a multi-instrumentalist. Yeah, yeah. So that helps a lot.
3: And that's from the first album to this one, he utilizes – the musicians and the band so much better, Mm -hmm. so much better.
2: What I like, what I like is the way the songs build.
3: Yes, exactly.
2: So for instance, the first song on the record is Johnny Appleseed, right? Mm -hmm. Lou, 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 I'm going to play this, a
0: sample of it and watch how the song builds up. Okay. Okay. Yeah. No, go, go ahead.
2: I like when they build it. Hear the little piano in there?
1: hmm
0: Electric piano.
1: Yeah. Love his voice. There's a lot of soul. From the well, in the
2: back to the Lots of instruments in there,
1: yeah.
2: And great backing vocal.
1: Yeah. Great. Yeah. Yeah.
0: It does have a kind of worldly flavor in the drums there. You know, anytime you hear like, that, you know it's top Absolutely, from, yeah, uh, that's Absolutely. great. Yep. Well, very, very as, good.
3: as the move, as the album moves on, Lou, there's there's like a little Latin influence on some songs. Still have the dance hall coming in here and there, and some Middle Eastern flavors coming in. It, it, really neat. Absolute. melodies. I'm glad you
2: said yeah. that too. And uh, even a little bit of gypsy. Yes, in, you know oh. a little gypsy feel in there too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very worldly. Absolutely. So
3: I love the album. Loved it. I loved it. It took me three days. Normally it takes me a month to get into an album. I'm still going to be discovering things on it, but I just, I took the chance to listen to the last album and it's, it's almost as good as global go-go. So it's funny. The only album I knew from them is I don't want to say it's a weak album, but the other two albums are just so far and above.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Well, street core street core. The, uh, the third one was, you know, of course it was released posthumously. Yeah. I think
0: that's what, that's what I had. Yeah.
3: A couple songs uh, produced by Rick Rubin on it, and uh, he does Redemption Song, which I had heard.
0: Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, yep.
2: So, you want me to play a couple of samples of another song? Yeah, play. Do you have Global Go
3: Go there, the song?
2: I do. I have it right here. Yes. Track number three. Time and dog.
1: <laughs> like
2: this could have been on a clash record. This could have been yeah. on Sandinista or something yes. like that.
1: Yeah.
3: And I like what he yeah. says. He says the first song line is this song goes out to my county. I like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Do you have a Bindi Baggi there? I was really Irish, Irish, wasn't This,
2: wow. I'll play this sample of this for yeah. you. Yeah. It's very worldly. You're right, Lou. Very worldly. Absolutely. Yep.
3: That could be on a Paul Weller record.
0: Well, it's walking down the. It does rock though. And
3: this guy stops me. He just got in from New Zealand. He wants some. Just got in from New Zealand. Some mushy beans. (laughs) (laughs)
2: Right. Yep. He had a great lyricist, this guy was.
3: Oh, yeah, yeah, poet, definitely. He should have done an album of Woody Guthrie songs at some point. Yeah. Yeah. Then you got that 17-minute seven, so, song, Minstrel Boy, but I love it. It's The
0: the last song is longer than a Grateful Dead song. <laughs> I
2: mean, it's, it's it's like 17
0: minutes. But it's good. It or I, think but, all, yeah. I think all these songs were co-written, too. All, all music is composed by Joe Strummer, Martin Slattery, Pablo Cook, Scott Shields, and i and Dog, except where noted. Like in Johnny Appleseed, is that a public domain? And Minchel Boy, oh. uh, Boy was written by a guy named Thomas Moore. So that's all in together.
2: The band, uh, there's people who've been in and out of the band. The drummer, you know, there's a drummer on this record, but he wasn't there on the Global Ogogo, but he was on the first record, and, you know, things hmm. like that. So there was sort of a rotating. Uh, family of
0: mezcaleros yeah right and i'm looking at all the instruments that everyone plays it's, it's a long list they're all you said they're yeah. all multi-instrumentalists but i mean if you look at me each one's got like six paragraphs of instruments that they all play drums at some point mostly. yeah a lot are, so interesting that's really wild
2: bro. yeah let me play a few seconds of uh mega bottle
0: yeah one guy, one guy plays a, tri- a triple track drum kit on uh, track number 10 really on uh, at the border guy well how does Bummed Out City go? <laughs> I like the title. Well,
2: let, well let me play I'll play I'll play a sample of that. Let's play a little bit of Mega Bottle Ride, okay?
0: A
1: good
2: <laughs> I like Into this one to the fourth dimension. We got a Wilco record. The yeah.
1: The blues are throwing it all away. <laughs> Give me a tequila. I'll slam it the 40 way. I'm gonna there, you know.
2: I like the way these songs build. It
1: has certain similarities, like no smoking anywhere.
0: And i in the car seat to avoid playing the band. Yeah, what a great right. record. right I'll listen to it this week.
2: Enjoy it. And What did you what did you want to hear, Lou? Burned Out City?
0: Uh, bummed Out. Bummed is it out. Bummed Out? Bummed
2: out. Not, yeah, yeah I'm, look, I'm looking at my teleprompter. It's got a rubber band in front of it. <laughs> oh, here it is Bummed Out City. Where'd you get the teleprompter? It's a music stand with uh-huh. uh, notes on it written in a sharpie <laughs> so I can see it. This is a good one.
1: It was me. Drove off the off-ramp of the sweetheart highway. It was me. I made a hat. Ringo hand. could sing
3: this. Hmm. This is what that is good.
1: I got to say. We're in city. That's what the sign says.
0: I like the bass. Love Joe Yeah. yeah. Just love him. Yeah,
2: I, you know. So this I like this record. His, is a great
0: record. I, I like his stuff better than the Clash in a lot of ways. I, I mean, I've heard. I think the two other records that he did. I've heard some of this one, but I like the yeah. Clash in, in bits and pieces with me though. And yeah, I'd I, I, I I I like yeah. to the flow of these albums better, but.
2: I mean, London I'm Calling that one that of those agent. records. London Calling, like, you can just drop the needle and, you know, that's mm. it. Sometimes in yeah. some of the other records, like, especially Give Them Give Enough Rope, you know, their second album, the second album, Slump, the one produced by uh, the Bloor's The Cult guy.
0: Sandy Perlman. Sandy mm. Perlman.
3: It's a weird mm. matchup.
0: Now yeah. I understand uh, we had a mysterious visitor to Asheville this weekend but I really? I, I didn't I didn't see him I didn't see him He didn't see who his listening head? He's a, he's a he's a celebrity of the podcasting world he's this uh, he's, Oh he I know who it is
2: Tom Spallone Tom from Going Postal
0: <laughs> yep of going postal the going postal podcast Yeah I guess he he did a hit and run with Asheville came up was uh his He went lady. to the mountains huh Yeah yeah
3: He did tell me he says he likes the town I knew he would
0: yeah. Uh, there's a lot to like. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
3: So
2: Lou, do you have a do I understand correctly that you have a one hit wonder that you uh, wanted
0: to talk about? I already did. I'm a nut by Larry by, by Lever Pullen. No, you're kidding, right? That was a one hit wonder, yeah, but it tied, oh, but it was okay. a novel it was a one hit wonder novelty song, so it tied All in. Alright,
2: I've got a one hit wonder too I would like to talk about. It's got a little bit of a history
0: behind it, okay? Hey, can we
2: and guess? I'm it? gonna play yeah. the intro and I want to know if you can tell, just from the two bar intro, if you can tell me what song it is. You guys, okay?
1: Mm-hmm. Here goes. It's
0: coming. Baby, I want you to want me. Lobo. ha uh-huh. ha. Nope. Come on, looking little matada. You got, so, got it. Baby. alive and kicking. Alive nope. and kicking, okay.
2: Let me let me carry on with it a few bars. Else you
1: gave you such a feeling
2: this feeling. I this I had this record. This is great.
1: Wow. Come on, baby. All
2: no. Great chorus. Great book.
0: What yeah. was Herb Alpert like? No, no, no.
3: Well. Never heard that
2: before. Now, Do you want to guess who wrote the song? Uh, let's Does it see. sound familiar in a sense yeah. if you listen yeah. closely?
0: It's, it's who not. Who do you Burr think Back. it sounds
2: like? It's not Burt Backrack. Nope. Tommy James wrote that song. Okay. Yeah. And there's a like story it. behind it because this, this group was on okay. roulette records. Okay. They were on roulette. You know, the infamous Mars Levy label. What was their, what was their name, Perry? Alive and kicking. Not from like Brooklyn. a simple
0: minds Alive and kicking.
2: <laughs> so Tommy James had crystal blue persuasion that he wrote. He wrote with Bob King a lot of his song. Bob King he co-wrote the song with Bob King. Also, they were going to give "Crystal Blue Persuasion" to "Alive and Kicking," but Tommy realized it's such a good song, I have to keep it for myself. Hmm. So, as a favor, he wrote this song and gave it to them, and they had a, you know, it was a top ten hit, I would you think, know, oh, in Canada really and the it, U.S. Sure. Yeah, yep. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Were they Canadian? But if you listen,
2: it, it'll remind you of Tommy. Like you can almost hear Tommy then, James singing this that, thing.
0: Yeah, it already does, right? Under the keyboards,
2: like Tommy James produced it also, so it's got that Tommy James production. That was a great. That was a great forty-five. Hmm.
0: Yep. That that is the stuff I'm as really, you know, in that era, the kids. Mark, that was the kind of music I remember hearing as a kid. I don't remember like the albums. Led Zeppelin sounded weird to me from my sister's stereo. It was a little intimidating. Um, Deep um, Black Sabbath sounded intimidating to me as an eight-year-old. So this stuff is what I gravitated toward. It was.
3: It was yeah, single yeah. Top well, 40 that was radio.
2: 1970, so we were yeah. all young. We we're
3: listening to the radio. We we're listening yeah, yeah. to the AM radio. Yeah. AM radio, yeah. Although you yeah. Were, yeah. you were a normal kid. I was a screwed up one in first grade listening yeah, to brain cell surgery. I mean, that's just really man. a little skull turning around on my turntable. <laughs> I have no regrets. I don't either. Just for you.
0: Now, right. let me ask wait, you wait, me this. Yeah, go ahead. I wonder who that Now, was that a self-contained band or was that a studio, uh, studio musician?
2: No, is I think called? they were I think they were a band. They were from is it, Brooklyn. So that, that
0: tighter That sounds called Tighter Tighter, right? It's called Tighter Tighter, yeah. Okay. Yep. They were was Brooklyn like by Tommy
2: James and Bob King.
0: What is a Shondell? Yeah, I don't know. That sounds like a doo op thing, isn't it? <laughs> a, I was trying to see if there's if, if there's any studio like maybe that's Hal Blaine or that's a wrecking crew on uh playing with them. Well, they were, it was in New York,
2: obviously most likely recorded in New York. Those drums could be be
0: Howling. <laughs> it could be Howling. I, I was wondering you, know, you never know i mean they may not have brought their drummer yeah, into the studio. But and, was and it, this was the air but this was the era of bands bringing in their own bands this was the ending of the wrecking crew mm-hmm. the 70s and, and mid 70s into the 80s
2: from what i read and this would not surprise anyone that they had a uh they had a dispute with the record label over royalties and payments and things so <laughs> Because
3: In short, they got screwed. someone named Hesh wanted to put himself Most as likely. a right
0: <laughs> <laughs> Yep. Don't mess. Don't mesh with Hesh.
3: <laughs> might,
0: yeah, might have to take a schvitz with him, you know?
2: But, you know, you, of course, we've watched Happy Days and things like that. And you, you ever see these names, uh, Charles Fox and Norman Gimbel, and they wrote like Sunday, Monday, Happy right. Days, yeah. Tuesday, you know, and they wrote songs for these TV shows mm-hmm. and stuff yeah. like mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. They also wrote like that Roberta Flack song. Which one? The big Roberta Flack. Killing hit. me softly? Killing me softly. Really? Wow. Here's another one. They these those TV show guys wrote this song and let me uh let me play a few seconds of it, alright? Mm-hmm. These guys wrote this song.
1: Like the pine trees lying in the wine it's and I've got a name. I didn't
2: write this. Those TV guys wrote this song. He didn't no write way. it. Jim Kirksey didn't write this one? It was written by Charles Gorkin Fox and Norman Gimbel.
0: Mark, can we have a judgment call on that? <laughs> I'm shocked. Look be. it up.
3: Wow. I mean, it's so different than Happy Days and Killing Me Softly. I don't know. Those are prolific songwriters. <laughs> I love
2: I this part. Dream. Is that the, I love Bend Rolling me down, down rolling me down the highway. Rolling me down the highway. Oh, who played bass on it? Because is, is it Lee clar Because the bass well, is one of the best parts of the it song. It could be. It sounds
3: like him. Quick fingers.
0: Perry, you're right. Um, with, uh, lyrics by Norman Gimbel and music by Charles Fox.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I never, I show thought, guys.
0: I yeah. never knew that. I, I thought that. um Yep, I thought Jim Croce wrote it because you wrote it just about everything else he did. With um, that was probably with, the only
2: song on that record that he didn't write. Yeah, uh, I, I don't, don't know, know who, who played bass on it, man. But I'd like to find out because the bass is yeah. fabulous. I know, and
0: there's no listing of musicians there. Yeah, yeah, they
2: didn't have the personnel listed. yeah. You know?
0: no.
3: And the original
2: sometimes, was David. Sometimes they do, David, do but David Hasselhoff covered the song also, That's
3: and it was good, a big hit in Germany. I'm sure.
2: Yeah, but it was written by the guys who wrote like Laverne
0: and Shirley and song and you know. Very good songwriting. <laughs> who wrote this one? <laughs> Come and knock in my door. Take a trip that Probably is new. Probably those guys.
3: I you know think the, it was those guys. Look, I'll and catch up to you is. next week. You know on who that? the drummer is? Who is it? Okay.
0: No. Al Blaine played drums on the, on the Three's it. Company. Yeah, really? Yeah. 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 Yep. And some. if you listen to Let the me f-
2: listen to a little bit of the bass I've on got this song. Some. Oh.
1: Like the world will and the baby's cry. I've got a song. Babies cry. I've got a song. And I carry it with me.
2: That The bass is unbelievable. Let's all put our beards He's, on.
0: Yeah. I bet you it was least part- Clark. That could, could be in the Mellow Mafia, if it recorded in California. Yeah. Uh, he's been kind of forgotten about Jim Croce. Hmm. Um, but I, I listened a couple weeks ago, I listened to some of his greatest hits. Um, mm-hmm. one, one Less Set of Footsteps. It's got, a, It's a full band arrangement, but um, is Bed Ray Leroy Brown a novelty song? <laughs> yes, it is. Yeah. Okay. I think it is. Yeah. Whoa. hey now. off <laughs> the edge
3: of the earth here. Uh, cut him off. Cut him off. It's the well, no, you know, bottom you know, of the no. seventh. Scratch
2: that, Lou. I don't, think it's a, a, I I don't think it's a novelty song. I don't think it's a novelty song. You know why? Because there were those, I don't know what category you would put them in, but there was bad, bad Leroy Brown. Ever hear Frank Sinatra's version? Oh, my God, think. yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> well, anyway. It's so bad. Bad, bad.
2: It's so there bad. There was Leroy Brown, and Carol King had Smack, Water, Jack. Mm-hmm. So there was, there was like, a certain type of song that a, a lot of those artists yeah. did back it, it then. Wasn't,
0: it wasn't musical comedy. Now, how about this is... Tie a yellow ribbon round the old. Not, that's not necessarily novelty. That is just like schlocky pop.
3: Wasn't that? About, pop. Yeah. That was that well, you about about pop,
0: tennis. What? I, I know there was one you forgot. That so Melanie song about the roller skates. That's novelty. <laughs>
3: that's novelty.
0: Yeah. It's, it's a it's a metaphor for sex. So
3: everything else. So is AC- my
0: father met her? My father met her in a furniture store in like 1970. She's from our, she's from New Jersey, but she was from that mom of county area but my dad goes i had this roller skate girl with melanie in a furniture store anywho
3: wasn't so is acdc's big balls a novelty song i think so
0: it's called novelty cock rock
3: my balls are always bouncing my balls are oh, always here full. we go everybody comes and comes again great song
0: uh, yeah uh, that, that, that's that's uh, here we go guys Novelty Metal. It's the bottom of the eighth on here. the Music
3: Relish podcast. So <laughs> well, it all falls apart. Well, yeah, right.
2: novelty metal, wasn't it like the <laughs> oh, eighties? Um, that
3: was before Brian Johnson. That was um the uh I'm going a blank, the original singer.
2: No, no, no. Uh, I mean bon a lot Scott. of these these LA bands in the tights and their go-go boots. Oh. And and some people consider that metal. Well, they
3: were they were just riffing off of um, early seventies The glam, you know, they were just copying that.
0: Yeah, AC ACDC were they were a hard rock band. Yeah, I don't.
3: Call rock, I didn't call them hard rock. They're a rock and roll band, just pure rock. Yeah, I mean, rock, rock and roll. roll band. I mean, especially with yeah, Bon Scott, definitely. you know.
0: In a great in a great way though. Yeah, it's yeah. Just, the, something I yep. just say: living in Nashville sometimes makes me want to be in an ACDC cover band. <laughs>
2: like, and also, I yeah, guess you know, since Eddie Van Halen. All the guitar no players that. started started doing that thing. Yeah, double double <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I mean, do they <laughs> do that again.
0: do that again. and, and, and <laughs> then <laughs> and then
2: you know you if you were going to be a lead guitar player, you had to be able to do that for some yeah. reason, right? Did you ever hear say the Al oh,
3: This is Al So you got to stretch your fingers out. You
2: yeah. Got oh, jazz chords. Yeah,
3: yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. Jazz chords. You know, six augmented minus
0: nine. Here. My, Diminished Whatever. <laughs> I have dreams of one four five. I have
3: dreams about playing that stuff. I can't do it. Like I said, I love Pat no. Metheny. Could never ever get it. Couldn't get it. You can't do it. You can do it if you try. You can't do
2: that no, stuff. No, those chords. You can do it if you try. Victory. If you
3: ever watch Pat Metheny, I, I, I always I, I, tell I, people: I, watch Pat Metheny, but when he's not playing a solo, watch the chords he's playing, and he's playing piano jazz chords on the guitar, and his fingers mm-hmm. are just.
0: Hmm.
3: I don't know. I just tried. You have to go to college.
0: <laughs> certain hands, yeah. There, there, certain hands.
2: But interesting that those TV guys wrote that, that great song. That's amazing. Really? Yeah. And I think that, and I think they wrote the uh, Roberta Flack hit too. Yeah. I believe they and wrote that one soft- as well. Wow. Yeah, Killing Me Softly. Mark's looking what, it up now.
0: When you When you think about it, like when you have when you have that kind of talent, that kind of scope, yeah, you can say, like, "We're going to knock this off for a TV show." Yeah. Um, so I never I mean, always look. thought that Van Halen's Why Can't This Be Love would be like a Schlitz commercial. <laughs> it's got what it takes. I think yeah. Yeah, Pepsi. Yeah. Yeah.
2: I always had this one with uh, it's got- Canada Dry Ginger yeah. Ale is. It's the one that's like Crispin right to, uh, to that OJ song. One of, one of right? a kind love affair. One of our kind love affair. How yeah. about
0: this one? Cold forty-five. I don't know how I drink all yeah, day. Sure. Yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah. I'd walk a game mile for a camel.
2: <laughs> how we doing, Mark? Right, so. you looking mm-hmm. up Roberta Flack? Yeah. Killing me softly,
3: or yep. Yeah, hold on, and I got it. Killing me softly with. Well, the producer was Joel. That was Zork. a great song. And. Mm-hmm.
2: Maybe I'm wrong.
1: Maybe I'm
0: right. Maybe 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 I'm wrong. I found some great stuff. What'd you find? Norman Gimbel. He was a lyricist for Killing Me Softly. Um, Yep. uh, Ready to Take a Chance Again, Well, that means Canadian Susset. He also wrote English language lyrics for many international hits, including... um, the girl from Ipanema, how insensitive mm-hmm. that was covered by Frank Sinatra and was it Juan Carlos Hobain, the, Jobim? You know, the,
3: Jobim. Um, that Jobim. And
0: drinking water, one of my favorite songs is Drinking Water. Yes. Agua de Bear give the flower <laughs> water to drink. He wrote the lyrics to that. Um, wow. Very, very cool. Uh, let's see, Nami, wait. He wrote the song, uh, the lyrics for the song from Norma Ray. I like it. It goes like it goes. You want an Academy word for that? Interesting. You never. You oh. want to hear
3: something really nasty. Robert, you sure. Robert you wrote what? Oh, Go ahead.
0: Uh,
2: no, uh, no, go right. Right. Robert Gow. R- this, this is a, a, uh, a, a critter, critter. journalist yeah. that Lou was talking about. Yeah. All right. So,
3: in a column for Cream, was reviewing Killing Me Softly. Uh, he said, "She always makes you wonder whether she's going to fall asleep before you do." Ooh, that's nasty, wow. man. It's not nice. Well,
2: well. Also, it was. It brought. I think. Well, who brought new life into it? The Fugees. Oh yeah. Or, or some some group like that. Was that, that was a good version. that song. It was. It was. Yeah, was good version. Yeah.
0: They gave it a beat. Yep. That was a downer. <laughs> hey, you know what?
3: All my stuff tonight is downers. Like. I'm talking about people dying. I'm sorry, guys. you got to pick it up. I'm, That's
0: a, <laughs> no, you're, you're balancing with the uh, the, the, the novelty schmaltz, uh, half hour we used on that.
3: So anyway, Lou, question for you. Yes. Sure. I was going to recommend an album to review, but if you have to catch up, can you do two albums in one week?
2: Wait. Yeah. No. Uh, I, no, I can't.
3: No, no, Perry, you don't because it was Global Go-Go that Lou has to listen to. Can you do two in a week or do you want to wait till next week? Lou. I
0: mean, uh, for Blue. us to listen it to it yeah. not going to listen to two records in one
3: week. No, he doesn't have to, because you said you wanted to listen to global go, go. Okay. But I was going to recommend an album for the two of you, okay. but you, okay. I don't know if you were going to come back with a review of global go, go next week. Were you going to,
0: No, maybe not. You heard it today, yeah. right? And, uh... and I really, I'll listen to it on my own, but I just I, well, I really like what I heard.
3: From... It's a, Great well, driving album. You're going yeah. to love it, driving around. Well, it's great. All yeah. right.
0: All right. So I don't, I, don't have, I don't have Spotify in my car. Spitify.
3: Spitify
0: would be home. Yeah. So, uh, what were what we thinking? Okay, so it's cars?
3: killing me. I really want you guys to listen to an album by this artist. You know it's coming. You know it's coming. No, it's not Zebra. Um, so <laughs> I was weighing which album to recommend because they have three distinct phases in their career. So I'm just going to lay it out on you. Porcupine Tree. And Lou, it's a drummer's yeah. album in abstention. It's a very deep, dark album, so kind of like put headphones on if possible, but it's mm-hmm. in my it's my favorite album there, so that's why I'm asking you guys, but just soak it up this week if you hate it, that's fine, you know, but behind those yeah, behind be those heavy I'll songs honest, yeah. are some of the most beautiful melodies. Ever written, and we're uh, journalists. And, and by the way, just to it's Stephen Wilson proving that he can write any genre and still get those great melodies in. Okay, okay cool. All right,
0: okay, cool. Wait, we're you're going to come out out of curiosity. Oh, fuck.
3: Why are you doing this to me?
0: <laughs> <laughs> Hold on. Come on. The information is at your fingertips, man. I
3: know, I
0: know. <laughs> I'm gonna come in with a thorough analysis next week because I was
3: asleep at the switch this week. Mm-hmm. Well, Lou, there's a little thing you have to know about it. It was the first album with uh, Gavin Harrison, who is a fantastic drummer. He's now with King Crimson. Actually, now he's okay. now with Porcupine Tree, who I'm seeing in September. So um, it came out in 2002. It was the first album when they really started recording in America, whereas before that they were totally in England. They were a little more electronic. This mm-hmm. was a more rock, hard rock, but not typical hard rock. It's still progressive, so I'm going to leave it at that. And listen to the drums.
1: I will. I will.
2: Oh, guys! I bought a new laptop. Do you want to see it?
3: Yeah. <laughs> what do you think? <laughs> I made it's a kind of low tech, right? isn't it? I made a martini, Perry. Say, like, <laughs> And you, the the you Music this podcast on that?
2: <laughs> <laughs> we. I can draw. I, I can do like a diner and. Uh, step
3: dude do step. do a music relish podcast on it for next week come on
0: yeah maybe i will <laughs> i could never use I'm those waiting so the, it. i'm waiting for the pez dispensers to come uh arriving at my <laughs> house you, you
2: have to order them
0: <laughs> i took pictures of our heads and they do something with this
2: yeah do you need yeah, uh, make, what, what make do they call, like what they call those
0: things i got like a what do they call those things i got a death mask no, That's when you last. when
2: you the blue people, what do they call Avatar? You need an avatar. Oh, okay. <laughs> they, right, right. They, they do the Pez head from your Avatar, and then you
3: know what comes next the bobblehead dolls, the music. Relish. Oh yeah, yeah. Mine's gonna be shaggy. shaggy. <laughs> yep. I'll be like that guy from the Mets, that that pitcher with the shaggy hair.
2: <laughs> oh well, well, I you know, I'm uh, I'm out of stuff, guys.
0: What do you want to do? Yeah. Yeah.
2: yeah.
1: yeah.
0: We're, we're at an hour. do not we just just uh,
2: have at it? You want me to find a closing theme? What is the closing theme?
3: My way. You
0: got you're on the controls there, Mister.
3: Asheville skyline. Asheville skyline. Fine.
2: Right. Okay. Yep. Let me play a little bit of this closing theme, and uh, we shall say goodnight.
0: And the closing theme has all three of us playing on it. That's what we did. What is our What is our email address? We forgot to mention at the end of the the show. uh, When you see us on YouTube, subscribe. Subscribe to us. Yeah. Yep. We've subscribed to you.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And um, I'd like to thank my producer Corey Dolinsky, technical producer. And
0: did he do the edits? No, I did the edits.
1: Good
2: job.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I'm proud, proud of you, man. <laughs> I'm smart. I can handle I'm things. <laughs> i smart I want respect.
2: I'm smart I not you I you I'm I'm not dumb like everybody says. No, I'm dumb. I'm smart and I want respect. <laughs> I'm somebody.
3: Can I re-record
0: those guitars? That's me playing lead guitar. <laughs> well,
2: those Luke are my lead drums.
0: Those are Marks <laughs> fluid guitar legs.
2: <laughs> uh. A, Lou's playing lead producer, lead drums.
0: Lead drums. <laughs> lead and rhythm drums, yes. <laughs> and,
2: and what's that uh what's that um Mr. Bojangles, Bojangles chicken. <laughs> we were stocked for this session we were stocked full of Bojangles chicken.
0: Yes, we were. We, we got the big box. From from Weaverville, the, North the Carolina. Big, <laughs> the big ass box of chicken. Not like the time gave, you gave uh, your technical director Corey 50 bucks and go, go to McDonald's and get something. And he did. That's
3: 50 pounds of gas. Really? Uh,
0: the next morning I hear Perry in the living going, I ate like Morgan Spurlock. <laughs> I did. <laughs> I did. <The> liver <laughs> is swollen.
3: Did we I we the- for it
0: the next day. Did, did we say the um, our email address? Music Relish podcast at gmail.com.
3: And gmail.com. And and, uh, check us out else else? on YouTube, on... Facebook, Apple Podcasts, and, Harry? Go- Google. Google, I believe. I will uh, look
2: into that further, but I believe we're on Google as well. Yep. We don't even know where we are. And, and Spotify. Spotify.
3: We're in your heads. Yeah, <laughs> at all times. So be careful what you're thinking. Well, Three max
2: headrooms. Yep.
3: That's a wrap.